Welcome back, everybody, to the Desmadre podcast. This is technically episode number 14. If you follow Desmadre, you are aware that we haven't been posting stuff over the last couple of months. So Jesus and I sat down a couple days ago and discussed what we've been doing. Jesus went to China. I went to a weed farm. The world kept turning. And Donald Trump is the president of the United States. You all know this, all right? So we sat down and talked about this shit. And now that I think about it, we I don't know if we answered any of these questions because we drank a bottle of wine while we were doing this. So towards the end there, it gets kind of rambly and may not make sense, but it's the effort that counts, all right? Are y'all in this or are y'all not? Anyways, be sure to check out our Patreon page to help the efforts at thismadre.com. Be sure to check it out, patreon.com slash thismadre, or go to our store, thismadre.com slash store. And as always, liking and sharing this piece of content always goes a really long way. I really appreciate it. And be sure to leave a review on wherever the hell it is you listen to podcasts. I will shut up now and let the podcast begin. Thank you very much. We will see you all very soon. Um, I don't even remember how the fuck we used to start this. But welcome to Desmond. Well, fuck. Rusty. It's been two months. <laughs> I'm rusty. Um, it's been two months since we've dropped the podcast. We apologize. We've been pretty busy. And uh, the last one was with Flacco. It was kind of funny because he was, when, when I talked to him, he was planning the show in March. And that's fucking coming and, <laughs> yep. come and gone. Yep. Uh, but that was the end of January, I think, is when we dropped that one. And today is March fucking 29th. Um, so we haven't even really done like a talk about current events sort of podcast or anything, but yep. <laughs> I think it's, you guys know what the fuck is happening. You don't need to hear us tell you that shit over and over. Um, mm-hmm. but I don't know what have we been doing, Sammy? Why have we, why have we not done the podcast? We've been laying low, scheming, uh, thinking of ways to, to overtake the system. Now we're just, I guess, making money, trying to make money. I was, um... I think you should speak up. Is that coming up? One, two. All right, yeah. Nah, barely. Uh, I guess not shit, yeah. No, I'm, Why do you always sound so pained? It's just this existence is, uh... This is a lot of millennial angst or something. Yeah. I don't know. I always uh, sound so pained when I talk to you. Yep. There's some underlying issues. You ever talked to a therapist? I have not yet. No? Once I get on that, that medical. You said yet, so it sounds like you're open and willing and ready. Yeah, sure. I mean, I talk to a therapist every once in a while, and uh, she doesn't really help with anything emotionally. I treat it more like, uh, uh, what is it called? A, a trainer? Mm-hmm. Like a gym trainer? You know? She does, like, talks about, like, dealing with, like, stress, basically. Because I got a lot of stress. Yeah. <laughs> I got all that. Millennial. I'm not a millennial. I don't think. I'm very, very late borderline. Yep. Very, very late millennial. Well, whatever you want to call that. But anyway, yeah, we've been gone. We've been uh, basically been trying to make. A, we took a break because we wanted to recalibrate on El Mundo, number one, because we had been doing that every single week for 2016. Um, that was the one thing. And the number two was we needed to just kind of make a little bit of cash on the on the quickly. So kind of just step away, make some money for a couple months. Um, <clears throat> and then third, um, in addition to kind of rebooting El Mundo, we were uh, hoping to get some, uh, just some stuff ready to like pitch ideas for shows um, for network stuff. Basically, um, you know, we often have the ability to do a meeting and to pitch ideas, but if you're not ready, then you just look like a fucking idiot. 
which we kind of already do most of the time, but basically have like presentations ready and that sort of stuff. So we worked a bit on that. One idea in particular that we worked on actually has some traction. We're not gonna get into the details because we're kind of still trying to work it out. But <clears throat> that's involved meetings and kind of pitching and presentations and editing stuff. And that actually took a lot of time. <laughs> that's a lot of time. So basically, you know, you need time to prep all the materials and then you need time to basically pitch to go do these meetings. I think the camera's going. Um, and I think we were planning to come back a month ago, but we got really busy with one concept that we're working on, um, which we can't make public, sorry about that, but uh, that's kept a, that kept us super busy, and so I think now that's kind of in a good state. We're waiting to hear back on some stuff, and we're just like, fuck it, all right, let's start the podcast up again. And I guess we're gonna start some El Mundo sort of stuff as well, uh, which should be, Slightly different, we're gonna bring a few more people in and maybe do some more man on the street stuff because that sort of stuff uh, I think went over well and when we kind of talked to people about it. And then um, also just bring in, yeah, bring in a few more folks. Um, that's always, I think, been one of the goals is to like really build like a dope group of people around uh, this madre. And you know, I think what inevitably has happened is that Sammy does a lot of shit just because he's always down and he's got he's just mother obviously but it's hard to get people on a regular basis unless there's a budget and um you know people jump in and out mex tape has been a lot of stuff ought to obviously chingo but it's always just like a matter of like how much time and um commitment can people put in without actually getting paid which makes sense um i don't know anything you guys say about that or? yeah yeah i mean i think we're like jesus was saying we're recalibrating um trying to work on these pitches because i think yeah from the beginning the 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 goal i think has always been you know either to get on tv or to make a movie and um you know we've been doing this for three years i think 2015 was kind of the year that we you know kind of released and worked on masa and the power uh, 2016 was El Mundo, and now 2017 we're trying to, or at least in my in my view, and I guess what I'm trying to do uh, um, is to kind of take those two pillars, uh, those years that I think we did a lot of good stuff, and um, yeah, package it into something like a uh, pitch for a TV or movie, which is kind of what we're doing. And uh, Jesus was alluding to just now, so um, yeah, yeah, and. Uh, so with the mundo and then the the mass and the power i think we're building these legs these kind of prototypes for stuff that could uh, um you know actually grow into something and and make dope shit yeah and it sucks that um that uh yeah that the the commitment from people that you want to collaborate with always hangs on uh, what you can pay them of course and uh, the resources are, are limited but i think uh, we're in a good position right now to uh to work with other people and the thing that's cool about uh, content being made now is that you can make shit theoretically remotely, although it's harder, but you, there's more ways uh, to kind of be creative and and uh, work with people. So, yeah, yeah, I'm excited to see uh, what this next sort of like uh, um, this next phase of, of this matter for sure. And um, yeah, I'm excited to kind of put those things that we just mentioned here into 
into action for 2017. So, so um, previously, we, I mean, we have done meetings before in the prior years and talking like try to pitch Moss and the Power and try to pitch other ideas and stuff. But this is the first time that you've actually started going to some of these meetings because previously it was kind of just me going down and meeting with these people as like this madre or whatever. But um, what is, what is, has anything surprised you about that? Obviously without getting into like a ton of specifics, but. Not really. I mean, uh, I would personally like, I was thinking like, man, like later on, can you just hire people to go to these meetings for you and like take, <laughs> take notes and shit so that you don't have to, I don't um, feel like I have too much to contribute in those settings, you know, just maybe if I think the only reason I think it's good for me to go to that shit is just so that they kind of put a face to, to the person uh, on the screen, if you will, so that and not totally fucking crazy or, or some shit like that. But I don't necessarily think, um, I really need to be part of that <laughs> necessarily. <laughs> you know, I don't, uh, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, but the only thing I guess on a, on a first kind of round, um, first round of shit doing this, like you said, haven't really been part of it for sure. But yeah, I think the, 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 the big thing that I think of uh, and not knowing anything about the industry and, and how the business side works, but the only thing that's a kind of a strong for me that uh, keep in mind is just IP, you know, intellectual property and because, you know, you hear horror stories of people getting shafted and losing rights to, you know, their fucking life stories. And, you know, it just gets shelved and some people never see yeah. the day of light or that show will never see the day of light. So yeah. it's it's pretty brutal. You know, I, I don't know. Uh, like I said, I'm learning all of this shit as, as we go. But um, it's funny because for me, like the more I've the deeper I've, we've gotten into those discussions, that stuff for me, like it worries me. But for me, it's kind of black and white. Like that can be handled contractually, so it's not yeah. it's not a worry because it's yeah. just like as long as we're aware of it, it's gonna get handled. We have a good attorney, whatever. Yeah. The thing that worries me more is um, bending our vision to get something. Yeah. To get money, basically. Yeah, you know? yeah. That's the thing that I'm always like, gosh, like, you know, when we're talking to like an executive or whatever, and they're like, yeah, you should do this, and then you're just like, eh, or yeah, or yeah. do you want to be like, okay, just because you want to get the deal yeah. or whatever. So that's yeah. the one thing I'm trying to be vigilant of, and it's always yeah. a fucking tightrope act, I think. Yeah, I mean, anything that's been successful or has any sort of real um, investment, and, and investment, yeah, anything that has real investment behind it, there's people that are always going to have to sacrifice their vision in some ways, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I feel the same way, but at the same time, like you hope that I, I'm hoping that we can uh, set up a group of people, a set of collaborators that we can work with where that sort of where that's kind of uh, um, beneficial to the, the project at large, where yeah. there is other people kind of voicing their opinions. But yeah, when it's an executive, you're like, uh, sure thing, boss, whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> you know, yeah, but, check, motherfucker. Yeah. I love that idea. It's fucking fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that reminds me, it's kind of off topic, but the the Barton Fink, the Coen's brother movie. Yeah, yeah. That's such a great movie about um, kind of the, the, the studio, the system, studio yeah. from like the 50s yeah. and the 60s of you know, like this pained artist, speaking of pained artists of uh, uh, John, John Turturro, he's like a playwright and he goes, he gets hired to do this Hollywood movie and he goes to Hollywood and it's fucking crazy. And, you know, he's, yeah, the whole movie, he's fucking just totally like miserable because the, 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 that fat executive yeah, is just fucking running. Just yeah. such a slime ball, yeah. but obviously a very cool character, but yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. I guess that is the, the, the intellectual property. And then obviously, yeah, the, um, having to bend your your vision and i guess the only thing i would say to that would be that um 
like I said, people that have real investment behind their shit that are successful will always have to bend their shit in some fashion. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think of it as another sort of uh, learning of process. process. Yeah, yeah a stepping process, stone yeah. for if this thing goes through, which, you know, hopefully it does. It's an amazing opportunity that could lead to other shit. But at the same time, um, it, it shouldn't necessarily be like the defining thing in our career. You know, I think if anything, it'd be like, see, all right, let's, let's make that's another, another thing. I'm kind of sh- not so much struggling with it that I've always kind of I'm always curious about it because. Because I'm always like, not always, but I'm, I sometimes tend to think like whatever you're working on, you should treat it as the fucking most important thing ever, right? And then like kind of put it all towards it or whatever. And, and there's also the opportunity to like, if the project is right in terms of like, it could be something that could go on forever just in terms of conceptually, then I mean, I'm like, well, I mean, yes, it could be, it's, it's a stepping stone, but if done right, it could be something really big. It could be something that has like yep. a really long life. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, the only reason I, I would keep that distance myself was to not get those expectations. Like as much as of, of an opportunity yeah. as this is, and it'd be fucking amazing if this goes through all the way. But, um, at the end of the day, you know, like I think the the tone and 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 this voice the the lack of it is missing and it's going to catch on to something else and and uh, maybe make more shit that's kind of yeah to that end and yeah uh, yeah you know it opens up a whole nother kind of conversation of the, the one that we've had plenty of times before of uh kind of latino content and where it's going in 2017 2018 there's only more people that are trying to <clears throat> do it and yeah it's yeah it's kind of crazy to see yeah so um ah, there was something else that i had in my mind about this conversation what the fuck was i thinking oh whatever um so so yeah we have a a concept that is actually pretty far along we don't want to get into the details really sorry uh we should know probably within the next few months we're going to be working on it in the background but we're also going to be dropping some more um you know podcasts and hopefully some more Mundo stuff in the next few weeks. Um, if things change, we'll obviously mention it on the podcast. I think the main thing is, like, we'll keep the podcast going. We just got to really get on it yeah. and stay on it uh, to keep people up to date with what the fuck we're doing. Um, but as soon as things are public, obviously, or okay to make public, we would fucking love to tell you about all this shit. Um, in the meantime, yeah, we were off making some money. Uh, a lot of you guys know I'm an engineer. So I, I took a more active role <laughs> with one of my clients as a contractor over the last few months. So things have been really fucking busy. It's full time. Yeah, right? it's so, pretty yeah. much full time. So I'm fucking running around full time. Plus, I mean, I had to take a business trip to China. Um, I went to uh, Shanghai and then to Shenzhen for a, it was a quick trip. It was like eight days. But it's pretty nonstop. I mean, you go, you're doing meetings, you're going to factories, you're jumping around, blah, blah, blah. Um, That's pretty crazy. Yeah. When, um, talk about that a little bit. What, uh, is, like, what would be like a, a normal day as an engineer in China going to these factories? Yeah. I don't know if you can share what exactly. Yeah. You do, I mean, generally speaking, like, you know, uh, basically, like when you're developing a product, fucking, you know, nine, point nine times out of ten it's gonna be made in china yeah or you know if it's clothing there's a lot of other places Mm -hmm. india and whatever but if it's like an electronic consumer electronic product it's probably gonna be in china 
Hmm. Um, and so, and most companies look around wherever, whether it's a Dell or a, I don't know, an Apple or a fucking Sennheiser or whatever, they don't actually own their own factories. Hmm. So what you do is you work with contract manufacturers. So there's a ton of these companies across Asia that basically they're factories for hire. So you could be like, hey, yo, can you make this thing for me? Mm -hmm. And then you design the product, you send them the drawings, the CAD files, and then they make it for you. And so typically, like, it comes a point in the design where you might get it prototyped in the U.S. You might get a few units made here or something like that. But once you're going to actually ramp it, then you go to China. And you go to these builds, right? And they'll build, like, ten of them. And you just build them. And you're like, oh, this is fucked up. we got to change this, this, and that. Yep. And so you make design changes. And then you change the files. And they're like, okay, well, let's make a hundred of them now. And you make a hundred. So a few <coughs> months later. So basically, there's steps in the process where you make more and more of the units until the product is ready. And then you're like, all right, this motherfucker's ready to go. You ramp it. And then the factory just goes, right, and makes however many you're paying them right. to make. Yeah. Then you have to sell them and distribute them and whatever. But basically what the trips to China as an engineer entail is looking at, like, parts coming off. Like, you might be building something that has, like, 100 parts in it. But you go to all the little factories that make the individual <laughs> fucking parts. Because <laughs> a lot of times the CM, all they do is assemble shit. Yep. Uh, or one of them just does electronics or another one just does plastic stuff another one does metal stuff and then yep. it ends up at one place to do final assembly put it in the package do the testing whatever so you just have to go to all these fucking factories hmm. and you're like okay like this part measures correctly whatever it's gonna fit or you just end up at the final one where you're building all the parts and you've tried to basically figure out what's wrong with it so it's kind of like I don't know what you could compare that to like that normal person does, but I don't know. It's just building shit, you know? And, yeah. and as a mechanical engineer, that's kind of my side of it. Cause like electrical engineers might be doing something different. Software people might be doing something different, but I'm just out there like making sure like parts fit together. Yeah. And, and the engineers do that. There's not another like job title that would do that. Well, yeah, there's like SQEs. They're like supply quality engineers. And so they're out there, but they're just measuring, like, the individual parts. They don't really, like, if you're the mechanical designer, then you might not, you know what it's supposed to fit like and what it's supposed to function like, whereas mm -hmm. a quality engineer is just looking at a print and he just is, like, reading numbers, like, okay, yeah. this is an inch long, perfect. Mm -hmm. Or it's a little, you know, it's a eighth of an inch too long or whatever, that's right. ridiculous. But they can just measure stuff and give you reports. But then when it comes to actually time to build it and to test it out and be like, oh, it doesn't feel right, then the designers have to do that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they could just send the parts here. That's one way to do it. But it's really inefficient because you they'll send all these parts and then you look at them and you're like, oh, there's all these little things wrong you could have fixed. And they're like, well, you, you just added all this, like, basically two weeks shipping time and yep. blah, 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 blah. So if you're there, it's just a lot more efficient. And basically the bigger the project gets, like – you know, if you're dealing with something like, you know, a Samsung phone or an iPhone or something really crazy where the volumes are like in the millions, then it just takes a ton of people. It's like a ton of fucking people because literally <laughs> like you'll be shooting out like, you know, hundreds of thousands of these every day. Yep. So you have people who are mechanical engineers you have, and they're literally working on a few parts. And then you have people who are like test engineers, literally like for every component, like electrical component before it gets assembled, there's a test for it. So you think about the camera and your phone, yep. your speaker, it, and then 
it's just obnoxiously fucking tedious work, but it requires a lot of people. Yep. And um, so that's what we that's what, as a mechanical engineer kind of what we do. And what I the big the big thing I found on this trip was crazy was that I was going this trip was weird because I was doing more like tooling, which is the, the tool the things that make the parts. So I was going basically to factories for factories. Right. Which is fucking crazy. They're basically yeah. making all this equipment yeah, yeah. that makes the product. And there's still a shitload of people. Huh. There's like so many fucking Chinese dudes like making shit. That's crazy. And like building it. And then, and you know, when I was watching, and this is not like easy stuff. It's like, these are like probably people who went to like, I don't know. They're basically mechanical engineers, but low level like mechanical engineers, or they went to really good trade schools. It would be like if you went to like DeVry and were like the fucking like, NASA or some shit. What's that? Not at NASA, but no, it's more like they're trades people. But basically, it got me thinking that, like, I went to this one place and there were all these people, and I was like, "There's probably more people here in this factory who can do this work than all of California." Hmm. Like, because people don't know how to do this shit here anymore. Yeah. And I was like, "Man, I should have voted for Trump." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. That- but there's basically like a lost art. Like, and that's, that art is more like the tooling and fabrication engineers, like people who know how to make shit. Right. There's not that many of those Mm -hmm. people in the U.S. anymore. I have a friend who does that and he makes a fucking shitload of money. Really? Because there's not a lot of people who know Hmm. how to do that. And like he was worked, you know, at Apple, he's worked at Google. Now he's at fucking Facebook. He's probably making like 250 G's a year or something. Goddamn. Because he's like an expert at this, and hmm. there's not that many people in the U.S. who know how to. How do much do those people get paid in China, or for that? Shit, man! Like a good tooling engineer in China, I don't know, dude. I, I will tell you this: I I was curious, and like, I found out that uh, somebody who works on an assembly line, like building shit, whatever, mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, faxes or hard drives or something, um, in China now gets paid probably around two twenty-five to two fifty an hour. Holy shit! Yeah. I thought it was less. Hmm. I mean, I'm not saying that's good. Right, right. But that's that's about the going rate for like a, a factory worker or whatever you want to call it. It used to be less. An hour? $2.25 oh, an hour. Oh, shit. Yeah, okay. I thought you said $200 oh, an hour. I was no. like, God damn. Fuck no, dude. Uh. <laughs> like, we're moving to China. <laughs> yes, we're going to work at a factory. Damn. No, like $2.25 an hour. Right, 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 right. So right. I typically work 10-hour days. So, $22 to $25 an hour. Hmm. I mean, a day. Right, right. $25 a day. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, it actually did get me thinking a lot about the whole outsourcing thing with the election and, like, jobs and blah, blah, blah. It's too late for that shit. Yeah. It's for sure, off. for sure. And, yeah, I mean, the conversation, <clears throat> I feel like, in here is not in, the, in, in that... Um, in that space, you know, it's it's like right now, you know, it's like coal mining uh, jobs. Coal mining. Yeah, it, it's, I don't think I don't hear that going in the in the running in the conversation of of like outsourcing these other these other more like specific type of jobs that ironically we all use all the time, but we don't really ever give a f- at least I don't ever think about the person making like checking the camera on my fucking phone. <laughs> And realizing that it is a fucking it's a grip of work, man. Just a... Yeah, you can get a coal mining job. 50,000 coal mining jobs, I heard. That's, huh. that's what exists in the U.S. And that's what we're going to fucking ruin our air for. Yep. 
Um, so yeah, that's what I've been doing. I've been engineering and making electronics. Um, but at the same time, we're working on this other shit. Like, it was funny when I was in China, you know, we were working on these presentations. So Sammy and I were having calls every day. And I was calling Sammy at 6 a.m. from China. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like, like 4 p.m. here. Or something. 4 p.m. here, PM, so yeah. 2 or 3, something like yeah. that. And then I go to the factory. Then I go get drunk. Man, I got faded as fuck in Shanghai. <laughs> um, yeah. But it's cool. You know, if, if you're interested in engineering, a lot of, well, really good paying jobs still in the U.S. Hmm. But you're more on the design side, not yep. on the manufacturing side. Right, right. <coughs> um, and it's pretty cool work, but, man, it's tedious. There's a lot of details. And and when you're working on products, you're going to have to be working with people in China. I mean, I was I emailed people in China every day. Yep. Fucking all fucking day long. That's wild. Yeah, it's... I feel like just totally like a ignorant American like most people don't know though like yeah somebody once was like what but, does a mechanical engineer do right I right I wanted to slap him but <laughs> then I was like I guess most people don't fucking know shit yeah but know. in terms of like the uh, um, kind of like the the industry that exists like this one in in China that yeah. is responsible for making, like you were saying, like everything, everything. electronic, and it's it's kind of crazy, you know. It, 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 I don't know why I'm reminded of um, of uh, Modern Times, that Charlie Chaplin movie, where he's more yeah, like, getting all artsy. <laughs> no, but it I was don't think I've seen that. really. What is it? What is it? It's it's it was basically made as like a critique, or it like skewers the um, the industrial age of the nineteenth. <laughs> century going into the 20th century and um and it, and you know it's it's basically him like working at a factory and doing all these like kind of gags and and slapstick shit like at a factory where he's like kind of getting kind of uh moved around by all yeah. the like the 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 moving parts or mm -hmm. whatever mm -hmm. but um yeah it's something that i think it's been definitely a um like a running theme in art from like the 20th century onward of like industrialization and what's what's, what's <clears throat> crazy, I was reading this thing about somebody was trying to describe Steve Bannon's outlook in the world, you know, <laughs> yeah. and why he's like such a, what's the fucking word, um, kind of like gloom and doom, like they're expecting the worst, they're expecting yeah. war and whatnot, <laughs> and a lot of, or, or basically driving us towards that, um, and a lot of it has to do with like these huge shifts in like global societies, and like the first one is like farming and whatever, and then the Industrial Revolution was a big one. And that was basically at the time when, well, at first we were like hunter-gatherers, and then there was a huge shift when people started farming and agriculture took off. Mm -hmm. That meant, you know, there were villages and people who basically stayed place in one place. Yep. And then, right, right, yeah. then from there, it was like basically from an agricultural society to a more urban society because of industrialization and yep. factories. Mm -hmm. And now basically even that on a national level has fallen apart and we're a completely global, like globally interdependent, like planet. Yeah. Right. And the fact that <clears throat> you have these huge swaths of people who need to migrate because there's only work in certain work of certain kinds mm -hmm. in certain places. Yep. Right. And 
that migration obviously creates like a stress for resources, mm -hmm. whether it's like food, water, clean air, that sort of shit. And uh, basically, like if you believe that that's going to happen right now and you believe that the trend would continue, basically, there's always like a big war after these sorts of shifts. Yep. And so the thesis from this article I read is that, you know, people like Bannon believe that we're in one of those major shifts right now. And so what they're doing is like, well, this is going to happen anyway, so I might as well get ahead of it and just fucking start the war and get the shit over with. Because right now the U.S. is positioned, still positioned technically to win that sure, because of the amount of money that we've put into our military. Yep, yep. But it doesn't really make a lot of sense because it doesn't really take a lot of money now to completely nuclear annihilate another country. <laughs> so even though we spend you know, like 30 times more than Russia does on our military. They still have, you know, yeah. nuclear the adequate, weapons. Yeah. They have nuclear weapons. Yeah. So it's completely like counterproductive to just think this way because just, we're just going to eliminate ourselves at this point. Right. Um, but that's the thinking is that, well, if we're headed down this path anyway, let's stop the migration before it gets out of hand and results in war. Let's just start the war and fucking win it. Yep. I don't know. It was an interesting article. I mean, nice. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, yeah. Like we're, we're saying, we, we haven't discussed anything or talked about, you know, we've get, got a, got a few comments about, you know, there's a lot of material out there, of course. And, yeah. um, yeah, you know, we've discussed how I was trying to think of a way to, to describe it, but you know, of more or less being forced to know the kind of like the, the process of government almost, you know, because, you know, I can I, I I'll admit that, you know, I was not myself active or not that I am now, but I'm obviously trying to learn more about it. It's slightly overwhelming to try and keep up with it. And what uh, what re what's what really how, how do you like choose what to actually kind yeah. of care about and actually try and do something for? Because, you know, it's you know, like you're, you're saying this fucking dude, Steve Bannon is trying to fucking uh, uproot shit. And <laughs> yeah, it's a very like uh you know, he's, he's almost like an anarchist, right? Um, and a lot of the things they're trying to do with regards to getting rid of regulation certainly uh, lean on that side. Um, I just, I always go, when I'm talking about, like, liberals versus conservatives, I always end up thinking that, like, there's a very pessimistic individualist outlook on the conservative side where it's like the world is going to go to shit, so get your shit ready and take care of you yeah. and your own family. Yeah. Whereas kind of on the liberal side, it's like, well, the world is going to shit. But if we band together as a, as a society, we can yep. we can figure it out. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder if that, uh, <laughs> that conservative outlook has been maybe like uh, exaggerated in the media. Because I generally think that... I don't know, dude. I know people like that. That's the thing. <laughs> that, and that's where I mostly draw it from mostly. Yeah, like, yeah, Because I course. know people like that of who, course, are, yeah. who are very much like... For sure. You know, no, like you reap what you sow sort of shit yeah, like yeah. you know blah 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 and like it's your responsibility and blah 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 yeah. like you know you know yeah i guess I, I meant that the 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 sort of younger liberal voice doesn't maybe like necessarily it, it's just not as like um sticky as like the shit that happens like uh opposing it you know because i guess my point it would be that you look at young the younger generation and 
they really are more optimistic and they do have like this they're embracing globalization essentially and they think of it as a good thing which i agree with you know that that globalization is a good thing for um humanity on the whole and this sort of like well, I mean, you could you could argue too, though, that like American conservative viewpoint is like not not as big as the media presents it to be. I don't know. I, I think it's always kind of and not so much always been like this, but I mean, this is probably like that sound like really naive and stupid here, but you know, like basically what hippies. I mean, millennials are kind of like the new hippies and liberal, like young, not millennials per se, because there's a lot of shithead like millennials who don't give a shit but let's say like the young liberals who are like socially conscious and active online i mean that's basically as close as you can get to a hippie now there are no like grungy ass hippies now there's just a bunch of people like on facebook who are posting shit and like who run blogs and like talk about all this sort of stuff right so that's the analogous thing and back then there were also a lot of like you know older conservatives who were like you know fucking dirty hippies like they don't yep. they don't deserve jobs they yeah. just want to do drugs and yep. love touchy feely all that bullshit basically yep. it's kind of the same thing yeah i mean it, i think uh I, I mean i would just argue that 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 conservative um voice has has weakened even in in those 30 or 40 years that yeah since since the since the the hippie movement or whatever but the interesting thing is that the definition of a conservative also shifts, right? So people who who may have been liberal to 1960s standards could now be considered conservative. That's true. So that always shifts. Yeah. So in some And I'm way, hoping it's shifting in the... No, I hope way. it shifts too. I hope it shifts too. And I'm, you know, it's certainly what I would like to think. But I think there are always people who... There's always going to be like a flip side to attitudes... That's why I say it's not so much about the definite, the specifics of what you think is moral or right, as much as it is like an outlook towards life, meaning like individualistic and pessimistic. Yeah. yeah. Because that has nothing to do with whether you believe in whether you're married or whether you believe in like gay marriage or whatever. It's more just about like kind of an outlook on life that, um, that has an impact on your actions right and that has that that's just more like that's not necessarily conservative or liberal it's just, <laughs> just like paranoid american or something or? it's it's more just like it's a psychological outlook in some ways where you're like i, I have hope for the future you know and and uh and i believe in like this community based like living um as opposed to like this individualistic like fucking I gotta go catch my own fucking animal and my own meat and like that's yeah. a very kind of corny Ted Nugent sort of <laughs> yeah shit. I mean yeah but at the end of the day those people wouldn't they're not actually going and or they, they I don't act know. like it now, yeah. I'm not saying they do but they yeah. certainly fucking act like it yeah. they buy the guns you know yeah they buy the guns and like yeah. they don't have like you know qualms about you know like br- using them like they don't for, they don't I don't know it's weird like I feel like in some ways like just certain people don't oh god I'm gonna sound fucking really corny but they just like don't place a value on every, don't place the same value on every life 
and they feel like if you were to be a casualty of something that is a consequence of your actions, then that's kind of what you had coming. You know? Like somebody in Texas who's like, that motherfucker broke into my house, I'd fucking shoot him. I'd yeah. fucking kill him, and he deserves it. Yeah. Whereas I'm like, well, it kind of depends. Like, <laughs> if they broke in and they came in with a gun and they threatened me, then I get it. I guess I'd have to defend myself and kill them. But yep. That's a hot. That's a that's a hot topic right there. The stand your ground. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you see what I'm saying? Like that's yeah. not, that's not a conservative or a liberal thing as much as it is like a I don't know what you'd call that. I don't fucking know. This is yeah. a black hole we just fucking walked yeah. into. If anything, yeah, maybe uh, just to uh, Close segue out of this Close out of this in particular is basically just like or think about uh, how history will look at this and how you know history will look on people like mitch mcconnell and paul ryan uh donald trump obviously mike pence like how are how are how's history going to kind of view these people and and you know i i just i was thinking the other day of how like all like my circle of course of friends is all very left-leaning liberal or whatever but even like the media that i consume is also very left-leaning but you follow some other shit i do yeah i follow you, other you shit you mentioned that and i did i started doing that too yeah like, just to kind of see like yeah. for or the breitbart's and all the there's you know obviously a myriad of of conservative pages uh left-leaning and it's pretty fucking disgusting honestly to see the shit that um um that they post and that they kind of uh gather around but yeah i guess i'm I'm just always thinking of like in a hundred years when this is being taught in, in in schools around the world or here in america is like like how can these people do what they're doing like on a day-to-day basis like at the end of the day it is just a job right for these people like like sean spicer and, and paul ryan like at the end of the day, they have they they're doing like their job, right? They they're getting up to do their fucking job, and uh, there's a lot more weight on the, the shit that they do, and in, in in contrast to other people and their other and other professions or whatever. But like, my question, I guess, is how the fuck can these people sleep at night? <laughs> like, or how can they? Um, I mean, the because I understand that, like I said, being uh, um, like we're, you're saying the. The, this uh, outlook that people have and that may be more conservative and individualistic like I agree with that and and unfortunately these people are the ones that hold office so they're the ones that actually have right now yeah. right now the yeah. the, the they, they're, they're holding office so they have the ability to to enact a lot of this shit into laws and shit it's, it's fucking crazy <laughs> the craziest I mean the good thing is that we do have elections every two years, congressional elections, and then some Senate stuff. Obviously, the president strikes every four years. Um, so nothing, nothing is permanent with regards to policy. I mean, obviously, like even bigger picture, nothing is permanent with regards to government. But yep. the U.S. is, you could argue, very much on a downfall, and on its fucking, you know. It's no longer, it's definitely on its, or it's on its decline, many would argue, uh, economically. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Um, But if you're going to be optimistic about it, then you could be like, well, this could be kind of like one of the last, like, death throws of, like, this kind of type of person. Yeah. Um, Which is more or less how I think. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I like to think that too, but 
and, and you know just in the same way that he is now reversing a lot of uh, Obama's you know laws or whatever they can also be reversed whatever yeah. he's doing can be reversed yeah yeah um, and in the grand scheme of things basically like you know everybody's freaking about about freaking out about us killing the earth but if he really fucks things up and things get a little worse over the next couple of years i'm not gonna say that's good <laughs> that's not good at all yeah. but they will get voted out those things will get reversed and in the grand scheme of things two to five or whatever years is not really that we're not gonna ruin the earth in two years yeah more than we've already no have. more than we already <laughs> have agree so kind of the way i look at these guys is like they're just fucking crooks they're just trying to make shameless. Fuck, they're yeah. shameless fucking crooks just yeah. trying to make fucking money. Yeah. Because no, you got Rex Tillerson, you got all these people there. Just they're fucking titans of like their own fucking industries, and you know that the environmental. That's what I'm saying. Yes, I think the the history is not going to look kindly on these people. And right, but I don't. I, I guess like it's almost gonna just be like, wow, these guys really were crooks. Like they were just they were just robbing, you know. Yep. And. Unfortunately, it's kind of the first time it's seemingly so obvious for an yeah, administration with, for to sure, do this. For sure, but but there's a lot of people who argue, oh, you know, Obama was doing this and Clinton like benefited. I mean, Clinton made you know twenty four million dollars. That's what's the most annoying shit about all of this is that they're the people who were, I guess, Trump Trump apologists is that they always use kind of like the the history of kind of like politics being dirty as like a, an, an excuse, excuse for yeah. what the fuck what he's doing is all right all of a sudden and you know yeah I, I think it's it's known that that people in in if you're politicians you know can it's very easy to to fall to uh, um, corruption or whatever and and there's obviously some level of like uh, skepticism that people will always have but yeah to totally like that that's what's really annoying when you when you go on these con, um, the conservative pages and stuff that uh, that are uh, right leaning is that they it all just seems very childish like the arguments is like yeah. oh they did this and uh, we're doing this right now but they did this at one point yeah. and it's almost like this game of like like this this game of like who stooped lower or who yeah. like what's crazy <laughs> to me too is like there's a lot of people who actually didn't vote for Trump but didn't vote for Hillary. And they're just standing back and be like, you know, like kind of laughing. There's like this bit of shun and fright. And then like there's like Trump people who are like complete fucking idiots. They don't realize they're being duped or whatever. Yeah. Um, there's obviously liberals who are like, oh, my God, like the world's going to fucking end, whatever. And then there's this third group of people who didn't vote for either who are just like, I'm smarter than both of these fucking yeah, idiots. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. how dare you support the left? The Democrats fucked us over. Blah, 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 The Republicans are going to fuck you over. I'm like, okay, well, then what is your solution? Yeah, yeah. What is your solution? Okay, number one, we need a government. We really do. We need roads. There are things that need to be shared and funded for as a group. And what what's really annoying to me is when people are like, government will always be corrupt and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, look, <clears throat> people will always be corrupt. And the people always talk about government is, like, inefficient. Oh, sorry. What the fuck is that? <laughs> I just had somebody fucking open the door here. Um, people talking about like government always being like this road to corruption and blah, blah blah but dude 
if you're an adult who's worked in any large company, this happens in any organization. Yep. <laughs> yep, yep. People are always like, you need the private industry to do this because then it'll be competitive and the cost will be low. No, you don't. Yep. Yep. Because this shit always happens, man. Yep. I've seen it. There's corruption in business and it's even worse because there's no check and balance and it's not against the law to do a lot of that shit yep. if it's a private business. Yeah. It was- so it's a little segue into <laughs> NFL. The, the Raiders will no longer be part of this this the yeah. Bay Area. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a really good example. Of like basically, businesses doing whatever the fuck is best for business. Yeah, yeah, and for individual owners. And so, like, it's stupid to think that private ownership is the answer to everything, and uh, capitalism is the answer to everything. I'm not saying capitalism is wrong. I'm saying it's great. I'm just saying it's a system that's kind of worked and that rewards people who work anyway yeah but that's just all to say that it really annoys me when there's like this other third party because i have a few friends on facebook who are like this who are just always like see they're like trying to be like posture is like being above like everyone yeah and you're like yeah. dude all right then yeah. go go figure it out then yeah of course i mean yeah. i will always have infinitely more respect for for the people who are trying, are trying to actually yeah. get involved in the system yeah or, and they're like actual activists they're yeah taking the time to really like be involved and yeah it, it's obvious that there's, there's there's stuff to that needs to be fixed but it's not gonna get fixed by uh, it's not gonna get fixed by itself and it's gonna get or, fixed by capitalists yeah or or by uh staying on the sidelines and that, like yeah. and then criticizing it and yeah yeah and if anything you know this this like i was saying earlier this is kind of making people check and and kind of force them to really kind of like recognize how the democratic system works in america and I think ultimately that that's a good thing, and you know, hopefully Trump and his administration just don't fuck things over beyond repair. And I think what you're saying earlier is is a is a good is a good way of looking at things that 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 government is that it it, it can shift the other way if things go too crazy on on yeah. one side. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess like the the most upsetting thing, <laughs> about, the the most upsetting thing about it is kind of like they're just dragging it into the mud, and like. Dude, even my mom, she'll be like, "Was así es en México?" I'm like, "That's that's why it's so upsetting. That's not a good thing. That is not a good thing at all. Like, why would you, why would you like feel okay? Yeah, you know, with that comparison. Yeah, yeah. Or like, it's awful. Like, yes, that's the fucking problem. Is now we're at that level where people are like, don't give a shit, and that's like that's pretty okay. crazy. That that's like a almost like a different level of like. <laughs> like consciousness that I don't think I'll ever be able to sort of really ever understand. Of you people. might be because we're getting dragged there, like in our lives, like it's shifting to that point where it's Well, no, like, yeah, but but even, I don't know, uh, I guess politics is, is you're saying that other industries uh, fall to the same sort of corruption, which is absolutely true. But in politics, it's what makes it even crazier for me with people that that do the things that they do is that there's like uh, obviously like policies and stuff that affect people's lives. And, and obviously in other industries and in business, it affects, it, too, yeah. it affects people's lives. Yeah. But when you're actually making the rules and you stack it against people, that's when I'm just like, holy shit, like these people really are. They're fucking shameless. Totally shameless, yeah, and they're yeah. obviously working for their own interests or whoever the fuck they're lobbying for, et cetera. And, and like that's what my question was earlier is that at the end of the day they are doing their job. You know, if if uh, someone comes to you and they're like, we want you to push Russian interests for yeah. the next fucking fifteen years, and we're gonna give you like hundred million dollars, and you're like, all right, well, all right, recording. this is my job, and I'm gonna go fucking do it. This thing recording? Yeah, it is. It is the red dots right there. Where? The next, right next to your head. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah.
Man, I'm yeah. getting drunk. Um, no, it is their job, and they know that once they get out of the administration, they'll have an even higher-paying job. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, they're only getting paid whatever right now that you know of, anyway. Mm-hmm. But once they get out and they go work for Exxon or whatever, then they're going to have the real fat job. And that's, I guess, a lot of the people, like, shit on Hillary. is like, well, she left, and then between the time she was, like, Secretary of State and ran for president, she did all these speeches. Hmm. I don't know why that doesn't bother me. I'm like, well, if people were willing to pay her a million dollars to talk, like, why, why should she say that? I mean, yeah. I guess the argument is that, like, she was, like, bending her yeah. point of view. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. We're not getting anywhere with this conversation. Yeah. Other than, you know, Annoyed. just have to wait it out. <laughs> yeah, the wait it out or wait for them to make a big enough mistake that... That That's another thing. Another that. question I would have is that why why aren't these people like just more efficient, smarter, calculated uh, dictators in in some fashion? You know, like I don't think you know what the problem. The, one of the big problems is now is like this, dude. There's no way to cover your tracks now. Yeah, like there is no way to like hide shit anymore. Yep, yep, yep. Like. Your cell phone, your fucking, if you're listening to this on audio, I lifted up my cell phone when I said this. Um, yeah. They're basically like digital tracks yep. don't disappear. And so there's no way to fucking like cover your ass anymore. True. Um, but I also think it's the fact that these people, like we're saying, are very brazen and they don't give a fuck. Ultimately. I like the pronunciation of brazen. Brazen? Yeah. Brazzers? You said brazen because you're thinking of brazzers. <laughs> <laughs> brazzers. <laughs> uh, if you knew, if you got that, then shame on you and the government's yep. tracking you and your filthy habits now. But, uh, yeah, you know, I think that it speaks to that. And, and ultimately, yeah, we'll, we'll see what the fuck. Um. Yeah. Anyway, so... Um, we'll change the topic. You were, I was doing some engineering work and I'll just throw it out there. You took some time off and you went and worked on a fucking weed farm. That is correct. Yeah. I was working on a weed farm for like a month and a half, like six January. weeks on a weed farm. What were you, what was your day to day? Like, yes. I mean, I feel like a lot of farms are, are this way. A lot of, uh, up here in Northern California where they're, um, yeah, you know, there, there's just like these kind of like communities of people that, um, start up their own their own basically weed farm and uh, mine was the, the the farm that I was working on was um, it's it, I think it's like about like 10 or 15 acres of land and you know there's probably like you know like two acres dedicated to like actually growing it's a relatively small operation so my, while I was there I was basically just like trimming weed and doing like uh, like hourly work around on the farm and I yeah. started doing it through um, just my homies that, that have done it for a while, and it was cool. It was really not, like... So, the, I mean, what do you mean by trimming? Like, the, the plants were outside, and you were, like, fucking clipping them? Or? Yeah, I mean, like, so the process very quickly is basically you obviously, you know, you plant plant the weed, and then you... Uh, How long does it take a plant to grow from when you plant it to maturity or whatever? I think it's, like, around, like, uh, a month. Like, a month just to two. Just a month? Mm-hmm. So you can plant a fucking weed plant and a month later fucking smoke it or you oh, no. dry it? No, you'd have to dry it, dry it. And so I'm probably fucking this up. But basically, yeah, you grow it and then you dry it. And then you like the buds that when you buy weed for all of you people that buy weed out there. Um, it's obviously like it grows in like a bud and there's leaves and shit. So you basically trimmers 
will uh, just basically cut weed and then they trim it into the weed that all of you know who smoke weed um, uh, comes as. So, you know, yeah, you basically just trim weed all day and you, you more or less like trim about like a pound a day. And that's what I would do. I would like uh, split up my time between trimming weed and doing uh, just other random tasks around the farm, like, you know, picking up trash or, you know, like uh, depotting plants from the previous season. So, yeah. So I was working on a, on a farm for, yeah, like uh, six weeks, a uh, month and a half. And uh, it was cool. It, Did you smoke weed every single day? More or less. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. If, is everybody just kind of like lightly baked or pretty much yeah i would say on this particular farm i'm not gonna you know disclose who is there or where it is but yeah we'll refer to it as the pepperidge farm the pepperidge farm (laughs) (laughs) there uh yeah no i I know a lot of people in northern california have familiarity with it uh, whether they've been themselves or know people that have gone i know it's uh, uh, like a big thing out here um but to someone that is not familiar with it it's pretty it's it's not glamorous at all you know it's actually pretty kind of like what do you mean raw. farm working is not glamorous well no i mean like weed farming <laughs> like i don't know like as like a weed smoker myself you know beforehand you know you think of weed and like it's either from mexico or it's being fucking cooked up in some lab like the hydroponic yeah clean room yeah sort of fucking like like dave Chappelle and yeah uh, baked exactly <laughs> so Excuse that was my scientists. reference point that was more or less my reference point exactly so um but when you actually see it, yeah, it's just like another fucking like plant that people grow. And I, I, I honestly didn't know a lot about the business side of stuff while on this particular farm. I was not like like uh, sort of like privy to those sorts of like conversations or or dealings or whatever. So I can't really speak to that. But as far as like, you know, growing and, and trimming and stuff, it was pretty I think it was pretty standard for for what's what's known out here. Did in Northern really California. on the scissors or? Kind of, what yeah. Are you using like those little, uh, yeah, uh, wh- whatever they're called. They're like trimming or gardening papers, scissors, gardening shears, shears, exactly. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you just trim, uh, trim up some some weed. And uh, yeah, I was, luckily, you know, I was living in an actual house in an, in an actual room for like a month and a half. And where would you live alternatively to that? Like in a tent, or uh, are there a lot of people living in tents? Yeah, yeah, because they're properties. You know, a lot of the time, you know, they'll just be like. They'll allot like one house where people trim and you know where you keep all the weed or whatever, but and other than that you don't really need like actual like storage or like a, a, an actual proper like house you know you can just like have people like live you can have people live on like a field where weeds living and then you have like one place where you keep it all or, or you trim and stuff so. What would you say um, if I was like Sammy? I have like. I have like a hundred G's, dude. Like, I want to start a weed farm. What would you say? I don't know if. Uh, well, let's say I had enough money to start. Oh yeah, like, then whatever it is. Then like, if if you ha- the, if you had the the wherewithal to, to and like the will to do it, then I, I'd say fucking go do it. And if you really wanted to, then it's um, good money. Yeah, but I think, I mean, that that is to say, I, I don't really know much about the industry, but I know it's obviously becoming super, like, saturated with with uh, people that are trying to get into the game, of course. So, unless, yeah, you, you'd have to have a lot of money and a shitload of, like, drive. You'd have to really, like, care about this industry, I would say. It's not like another, uh, you, you'd, you'd have to definitely put the time in, for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah. I don't know if it's for everybody. And it's a, it's also kind of like it always it's with, with something like weed with this uh, um, that's still kind of like not totally th- this gray area. It's right? this it's gray area of le- legality. Area. Even yeah. here in California, like yeah. I think next month they're, they're going to be voting on whether or not uh, recreational use is still legal and shit. And so uh, you, ha- you definitely have to be taking like a, a, a risk. Yeah. And you'd have to really know the industry and be willing to kind of like deal with all the bullshit. Yeah. But um, overall, it was a cool experience, you know? Uh, do you the, like weed more or less? I think more, honestly, quite yeah. frankly, just because you see kind of the process a little better. You appreciate and, it. Like uh, like if you went and worked on a fucking vineyard. Yeah, yeah. You're like, like, damn, oh, this orange man. is amazing. This yeah, Mexican so man weird. was handling it in such a way. The terroir is beautiful. <laughs> This is a, I, I taste a tobacco and yeah. cherry. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I think. Was the farm that you were at known or was the weed like specifically like flavorful or not, did it have anything special to it other than that you were working there? I mean, not really. I think uh, um, from what I from what I know that there are certain kind of like standard strains that people make. Mm-hmm. like on farms mm-hmm. so it's it's not a lot of like no one's gonna come out with like this crazy like unique yeah. never never before like made strain that and gets you h- higher in a way that other weed doesn't you know so i think there are you know like a you know a couple dozen like standard strains yeah. that yeah. certain f- that, that farms, farms basically grow. grow throughout seasons and i think that there are certain strains that uh, are more relevant or that they're more like in like uh in relevance throughout demand. certain se- in de- yeah. more in demand so yeah. um i was watching this thing on vice about these dudes they were like i think from amsterdam mm-hmm. and what they do is they they travel the world looking for strains that haven't been commercialized yet i guess like at some point in history marijuana originated from like somewhere in the middle east and then it kind of spread across the globe and so there are certain strains that ended up in certain parts of the world and that have formed in their own way, but that haven't been tapped for commercialization, hmm. like those seeds you're talking about. Yep. And so these two dudes, they go across the world hunting for these things. Huh. Right? And so they, they documented them going to, like, the fucking Congo or some weird-ass place and finding this shit. And all they do is, like, they go find it, they smoke it, they're like, this is great, I've never seen this kind. <laughs> and then they take the seeds... Hmm. But it's like a fucking journey to go get this shit. And then they take it back to their labs. I mean, these are big-time marijuana dudes, right? right? And then they test, like, the, uh, I don't know what it is, like, the THC levels and all this other shit. Mm-hmm. And, like um, potency or whatever. Yeah, like, there's a bunch of things. And, like, on this episode, supposedly, they discovered some shit that was, like, fucking bananas for some reason. <laughs> And then the dude went back to, like, work on some shit in Africa, and he fucking died. Huh. He got malaria. Holy shit. So this dude was so happy because he discovered this, like, new strain, and then he went back and fucking literally died. Holy like, shit. Died for three weed? Three months ago. Died. No, he like, died from fucking diarrhea. For weed. For weed. For weed. Yeah. Yes, he died for weed of <laughs> diarrhea. The legend. Malaria. Right Holy shit, yeah. So there's people, like, globetrotting trying to find these strains yep. that maybe don't get you as like sick or they're like a higher potency or For sure, yeah. whatever. Um, and they think of themselves as like pharmaceutical huh. kind of companies, right? <laughs> like Herbalife. Herbalife. <laughs> um, but six weeks on a weed farm sounds like an experience. Yeah, it was, it was whatever. 
but yeah, it was it was um, it was good. And it was a cool learning experience. Met some cool people there, and um, yeah, I don't. Um, and then came back here and started working on the on the, the presentation, presentation, the 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 sort of rejiggering of of the this other stuff that we talked about earlier in yeah. in this episode about um getting the the pillars of stuff that we made in 20, 2015 and twenty sixteen and seeing how. Uh, how to bring it back in 2017 and I think we should start doing that shortly yeah yeah so I think if there's any announcement to be made it's that we should be dropping some more stuff kind of hopefully starting next week sometime obviously or this week actually because we'll drop this next week um, and soon after this will come some more El Mundo like stuff hopefully with some more people and um, then hopefully we'll have some news for you in the next month or two about something bigger and something cool and something we're trying to work on and who the fuck knows. Or it could just all fall apart and we're just stuck in this fucking garage. Which we're going to be stuck in anyway. We're not going anywhere. Yep. Um, but that's kind of what we've been up to, man. Just working, uh, following the news, trying not to fucking be crazy liberals, losing it. Um, I, do you spend a lot of time on Facebook still? Not really. I mean, not a lot, but I mean, like, you One, check it a few times a day. Or? Yeah, sure, sure, of course. Yeah. The only thing I was gonna say, and I don't, not to go into another thing here, but. Uh, one person that I've enjoyed watching who I just recently started watching and kind of uh, familiarizing myself with is Jordan Klepper from The Daily Show. Is he good? He's fucking awesome, man. Like, he's, really? I honestly, like, think he's one of the better persons. I know he's getting a doing, lot of press. Like, he's getting, like, I see his clips all the time, but uh-huh. I never watch them. For some reason, I'm just like, eh. Yeah, shit. I think, uh, um, in particular, uh, I know we, we discussed this at some point. But um, as far as like uh, um, documenting all the stuff that's happening with Trump and the, and the, and the that the Trump rallies, like this guy Jordan Klepper from The Daily Show has recently been going to a lot of the Trump rallies yeah. before and after the election, and he's basically like just like tall, goofy, white dude. He's super fucking sarcastic, but uh, he's really dope because I think it takes someone like him to properly infiltrate those types of um those types of rallies um and that's the only thing i'm going to say about that is that that it's cool to see someone like that uh, really kind of yeah because i haven't been real like blown away by trevor noah yeah yeah for sure but not, again not to get into that but the the jordan klepper the jordan klepper definitely worth watching his clips nice. and him fucking just really going in into the the Trump supporters and really calling them out to their faces. This dude does not give a shit. It's it's really cool to see him. Fuck, I'm gonna have to watch some of that. Yeah, because I see them come up all the time, but I never watch them. Yeah, like oh, guys, he's he's really good, man. He's I think from what I've seen, the, my favorite of Men on the Street stuff as of like recent. Yeah, he's really good. Nice. Um, so yeah, that's about it. Other than that, like on a personal level, I don't know. Everything's cool man as far as i'm concerned <laughs> i just got back from mexico for a wedding i went yep. to merida for a wedding for a friend uh kind of got drunk for three days mexico is kind of like a cool place to go if you have money right now because the dollar's so strong yep but it's so it's kind of depressing because of that too like i mean from a tourist standpoint like i mean you get taken care of like a fucking king down there dude it's crazy like i was like 
the wait staff we were like we were in cancun and then went to merida for this thing and like people just take care of you like so well like to the point where you just, i was like man i kind of feel guilty like <laughs> your own indentured servant yeah dude it's crazy <laughs> it's crazy it's like being in china now like i mean people are just super polite and like i mean this is their job so obviously like yeah it's in their best interest to treat you super well because you tip them or whatever but um the dollar just goes really long right now yep um i mean i would just say like if you are thinking about a vacation vacation go to mexico not just because you're going to be a greedy bastard who's going to take advantage of it but yeah. people need the money yep and like a everything goes really far right now like you could literally tip someone you know five bucks and that's like a hundred pesos and like that's a good chunk of like little change for somebody down there who's like a waiter or whatever yep so Go to fucking Mexico, take a dope vacation, treat yourself, treat the people of Mexico, tip well. You you know, you get a lot of good food. Um, and then other than that, I'm just, I don't know what else I've been doing. Just working. I've <laughs> kind of been trying to work out. I'm glad spring is here because I want to fucking ride my bike, man. Yep. I want to go fucking out in the mountains. I have the mountain bike. I got to get that out there. Um, so I'm trying to get my head right for that, but my, are your allergies killing you right now? Not really. I, I'm usually pretty pretty terrible, but I think I'm doing all right Weird. so far. Maybe it's something else. My allergies are fucking killing me. Like something. I got like this lingering allergy headache sort of thing. Um, you've been in your place for a year now, right? That's right. Yeah, it's more than a year. Yeah, it's one like year? one in three months almost one year three months how's your cohabitation fucking experiment not it's not an experiment <laughs> you've been living with your girlfriend for like J- nine months now? jamie kennedy experience experiment yeah uh it's been good I, I think it's good um to uh to yeah to have a a, a partner partner to um <laughs> but yeah it's been a, it's been living in san jose for about a year and a year and a half two like two years, years two years myself at least two years two years and then yeah my girlfriend came to live like i've been living with ago? my nine months ago and yeah it's been going good it's been it's been dope for sure i was at whole foods right now and i saw two couples fighting <laughs> one of them was like you told me you ate already <laughs> and i was just like uh and then another girl another guy was like you already have that at home and she was just like I was just looking for later. That's funny as fuck, man. I like seeing <laughs> shit like that happen. Because, you know, you're like, you. everybody goes, has those stupid-ass fucking arguments with your significant other. You're just like, damn, other people do that shit, too. It's not your, just yourself arguing about shit that's at the Completely fucking house irrelevant. or not. <laughs> or, uh, yeah, so it's, it's, I always enjoy seeing shit like that. I'm just like, so damn. do I on some level, <laughs> but I'm always just like, oh, my God, just chill out. Because, like, I don't know, like, obviously, like, I get into stupid arguments. Maybe not in public, yeah. I, I was saying more so, like, that that you can relate in some ways, but not. Oh, in, no, no, no. People no, who totally. do it in public are fucking weird. I don't, I don't understand why. Yeah. You get yeah. into full-blown fights in public. She was like, you told me you already ate. And she was just like. Oh, they start getting to it. It's like, damn, chill, people. <laughs> chill out, you yeah. know, chill. But I mean, like, the, I'm not so much the reason I asked because it's not like I even thought about this. But man, I remember when I first moved in with Larissa. Like, that was actually harder than getting married because we were we lived together for about 18 months before we got married. We were together a long time before mm-hmm. that. But right, moving in was the tough part as far mm-hmm. as I was concerned, just because they had like different habits. And for stuff. sure, yeah. Luckily, I mean, I just have no real like. Like standards. standards, yeah. I mean, as far as like living standards, for sure. You know, it's definitely uh, Claudia, my 
my girlfriend who kind of keeps things in order for sure because as far as i'm concerned you know i stand by dave Chappelle. you know he's like if a man could have sex in a cardboard box he wouldn't buy a house and that's kind of how i maybe he, more or less how i feel but uh yeah it's it's it's, it's cool man i think once you get older um you know I think people will be like, oh, you know, uh, you want to stay single and in, in, in your early 20s, you're single, it's it's fun or whatever. And then you start to get older and you're just like, may, may, some people keep it up. Some people keep up yeah. the single life for a really long time, yeah. well into their, their 40s, into their fucking 50s and shit. More power to those people. I, I myself cannot do that. You know, I definitely, uh, it's nice to have someone to um, live with and shit, you know, and, and, and be with. Somebody clean up after you. Clean up after. Although <laughs> I do, I do do a lot of cleaning as I'm more or less the stay-at-home husband, uh, stay-at-home uh, significant other. You have a more relaxed schedule. Yeah. Put it that way, so you you can do that. Um, but that's cool. Is she is she digging it out here? Like I think so. Yeah, I yeah. think the Bay Area is really fucking dope. Um, for any Mexican, Mexican American, for anyone listening that wants to come out here, y'all should a, fucking you, do it. No and Mexican. if you're not, then stay <laughs> away. <laughs> if you're a Mexican, <laughs> stay wherever. Stay your ass in Texas, stay you in. sons of bitches. I know there's a lot of y'all out there, but uh, it's it's dope, man. Yeah, I think the Bay Area is a, a really a really cool place for um for this community, quite frankly. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I feel like San Jose is kind of breaking in a in a cool way. Like we were talking about this the other day, but it's. Yeah, as far as the Bay Area is concerned, it's more affordable than San Francisco, yeah. even more affordable than Oakland, probably, yeah. certain parts of it. And there's a lot of shit going on with, obviously, with Julieta Vinyl Club, Sunido Clash, Chiquimalas. Like, there's a really dope kind of, like, organic yeah. like group of people doing stuff. For sure. Um, and it's not um, influenced by the commercial aspect of, like, being in L.A. or something like yeah. that. So it's definitely cool. Um, in, in many ways, I'm very jealous that, you know, I wasn't, that I'm not young like you guys right now. It's We're not that of, fucking young, but yeah. <laughs> you're younger. I yeah. mean, like, you know, I, I like, I remember like, you know, being in like my early twenties, early mid twenties being like, man, I wish I knew more people who were like into film and like doing the, all this sort of stuff. Obviously I didn't seek it out because sure. those people existed. It's not like they didn't exist. Right, but, right, right. Um, that's kind of a cop out, but certainly like what's happening right now seems really cool. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the so maybe round it out real quick, but yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, that, that I think Mexican people, Mexican American, Latin American people are kind of definitely coming into themselves right now. And we're seeing a lot of like uh, media that uh, we may have not have seen in the last like 10, 20 years. And it's all coming into fruition. And it's obviously really dope to be part of that. And, and obviously you're part of that as well. And, and uh, but to see it happening on these levels of like in the Bay Area and in Los Angeles and Chicago, other places with like really strong yeah. uh, Mexican-American communities, like they're really coming into the forefront. And I'm fucking excited for that shit, man. Like yeah. it kind of re- uh, uh, relates to the point that we're talking about of, of like this older, more conservative thought and this kind of forward thinking liberal whatever the fuck you want to want to call it like forward thinking global multicultural future that i think is really fucking dope and we're excited for and it's really fucking annoying to see these motherfuckers like uh stop that or block that in some way you know it's but again it's <laughs> man, I, think, I think this has happened before that's why like like it not not so much it makes me laugh but 
like I think when whenever we're talking about stuff or working on stuff, I'm always just like, okay, we need to stop like not so much focusing or just even thinking about that and just do work. Yeah, yeah, right. For sure. Like, For, I mean, yeah, I I agree that 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 it gets totally like exaggerated in the conversation in in, yeah. in the media. I think and people. Stuff, no, but, I, I just. Think and, but even, I think people are in in their own communities, in uh, especially like the ones that we were mentioning, LA and Bay Area. Are are doing just that? They are kind of doing it, and but I feel like I, like I guess like where I get not so much frustrated, but yeah, frustrated is just like I don't. Sometimes those conversations like they're kind of like just running on a treadmill because I feel like literally like that conversation was had in the '60s, like Dr. Lopez and other people we know. They've been through this stuff, right? So and and everybody at some point just realizes like I don't need to talk about it. I just need to do my work. Right. And so like all the social media part of it in terms of like having arguments about like, you know, uh, fucking uh, what the fuck is it called? Like um, when you fucking like, uh, I, I don't know, shit like gentrification or like, you know, uh, when you take someone's culture appropriation yeah. or like, you know, shaming, like cultural shaming or fat shaming yeah. or whatever. It's just like there's so much energy spent on the argument that if you spent that energy just doing your work, you would eventually yeah. get recognized as a person of color yeah. or a queer person yeah. or a fat person or whatever the fuck you think makes you special. I don't really give a shit. Sure. Whereas, like, there's just a lot of energy spent on the fight. Oh, shit, I just fucking punched the microphone. <laughs> there's a lot of energy spent on, yeah. like, argument of course, as opposed yeah. to work. And that's where, like, sometimes I'm just like... All right, like I'm glad I'm a little older because I have a little, maybe a little more perspective. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, the the only difference, of, of course, it's always happened, and I think. But see, I don't what, think what, a lot of people think it always has happened. I think people are just like some people are just like, well, this there's is a special, and uh, it's like. Uh, well, I, the only thing, the the glaring difference is obviously uh, uh, the internet or the 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 advent of the internet, and that's one thing that is very much different from any other era in the, the history of fucking time you know like nowhere in, yeah, in time I mean, has there been could, like yeah, but you'd be it, like the printing press well yeah but it, it did uh, the printing press that there was ha- huge in its time of course it was and, and, and you like, would no 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 you would go television of course and people would do that but like nowadays that process is fucking totally exaggerated where in in 1960 where you'd have to go and you sit down with your family and you'd watch the TV and then you you'd get updated now that's happening every fucking second with people's phones right but, that, but every step has been as ridiculously monumental I don't think so it I don't has, I don't I don't think when so when you were living it it was and there's going to be something else 40 years from now which is even more ridiculous than what you were thinking about right now May, so I, I agree with that but i, I so, think i think so the, it's shift, not special. the shift the shift uh, it's not special it's because not, it happens in phases like it, it's it does happen AR, in phases but i'm i'm curious i'm i would be curious to actually see some like actual um uh like data of how the 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 different generations have been impacted by uh, like media and how they consume it because a printing press I think is a lot different than like it's not. just like 24 hour it's not because 24 hour it's not like because you used to be a, you like if you wanted to hear the Bible there's no public there was no, no public forums like there are in comment sections no, but, now but like if you go it like is different but back then let's say you wanted to hear the Bible you had to go to church yeah because a maybe you couldn't even fucking read b you couldn't afford a copy of the Bible because every single letter had to be fucking done by hand or whatever. Right, right. And so now there's a Bible in every house. 
That's monumental. That's a fucking gargant. That's like ridiculous. Which is yeah. Which that's what I'm which, saying. That's a huge mind shift. Even the way you're describing it. I don't yeah. think it's not. It it is a shift and it is a big jump. Yeah. But it's no different in terms of like it's not. It doesn't make this generation special in any way. Well, no, no. It, it doesn't make them special. But I just I do think the forms of communication are, are obviously there. There's been crazy shifts and and uh, the the one that you described is is huge. But it it, it it's it's like going from. Um, from people not being able to to read or to like uh, to access the Bible or whatever, to now where people are are um, essentially having like these public conversations and this whole idea of like quote unquote like fake news is it's it's gotten. There's, There's a rat up there. Oh shit! You just saw a rat. Sorry, I got distracted. <laughs> but yeah, the point is, yeah, I guess that. that I just don't think it's that. I don't special. think it's I don't think it's, don't special, think it's special, but special. it's being it's being talked about in a much more like exaggerated and like uh um like confusing or, or, or um i think this what we're living in now kind of lends itself more to to confusion and to people like not really knowing what the fuck it certainly um, is it is much more confusing yes because anybody can publish whatever but and i mean i guess the question would be like what uh, uh how that affects kind of like the zeitgeist or like the the general like consciousness of of people throughout like whether it was like you know during biblical times or whether it was during you know like the beginning of the 20th century at the end of the 20th century now that we're in the 21st century i mean the like 50s and the 60s the huge thing would happen there right is when you went into vietnam the war was televised. Yeah, of course. Right? Yeah. That, and, and the way that we're talking about it then is the same bullshit you're talking about now, which is like, oh, we have these public forums and blah, blah, Now it's like, you know, you had Walter Cronkite and you had these people in Vietnam with cameras and you could see the fucking war. Yeah. The same day. That's fucking, the only lag now or the only difference between that now is a few hours. So in the grand scheme of things, it's not that big a difference. Right, right. Because you're going from, you used to have to see it at 6 p.m., and now you can see it instantly. But you're seeing it the same day. You're still seeing those bodies. Yeah, I mean, now maybe maybe done. the, the right, right. I, I would say maybe just the, the, the kind of the spotlight or the platform by which people discuss it is a lot more like accessible. And I think people it's, can it's a good thing. Yeah. And that's interesting. And but also, like, in terms of, like, the actual, like, uh, the conversations that, that, that form around certain publications, whether it's, you know, like, more, like, mainstream, like, New York Times and, and all, the, all the, the big mainstream American news, news sites. Like, never in the history of time has there been a sort of, like, conversation that more or less gets built as soon as, like, an article gets posted, you know, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. within the a first... Tweet. The, yeah, within, a tweet. Yeah, yeah, within the first five minutes of, like, a, a tweet, a Donald Trump tweet, or, like, a, a really kind of, like, a, a hot, like, Guardian or, or Washington Post, New York Times article, like pe like the conversation gets started immediately, and I know and, and I agree that 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 it's relatively like not as like faster than than maybe waiting a day's worth, but to see it like that all all it it it, it makes it harder to process. I mean, at least for me, I think it makes it more confusing. Yeah, it fucks people up <clears throat> in the way that like there's information overload. Yeah, that is for sure, and and I think that is different, but. In terms of like it being a leap that's different from others, I think going from no TV to 
to a TV that's on the war is a huge fucking leap, yeah yeah right and so the leaps are just as like ridiculously like shell shocking in their own yeah. way it's just a different way um, I don't know where the fuck we're going with this <laughs> but anyway I think this is a good place to wrap it up we're yep. going like an hour <laughs> and a half but um yeah next week we should have some uh fresh uh or this week later hopefully uh some new kind of uh twist on el mundo sort of stuff and that's gonna be interesting because we got to figure out how we want to tackle it and it's actually been kind of refreshing not to have to tackle it every week especially in the midst of what's going on yep um i don't feel like i missed anything obviously we've been watching it it's kind of been nice to wait and see I'm not surprised by all the shit that's been going on. It's large truck. I don't know why people put those mufflers on their cars <laughs> or motorcycles. Men with little penises. <laughs> um, but it should be interesting. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting into that groove again. Uh, we're not promising it's going to be every week because we have a lot of stuff going on with these pitches, but... We're going to get back on the saddle, and uh, yeah, that's all I got. Same here. (laughs) All right, guys. Uh, Please remember to subscribe. If you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe. If you're on YouTube, uh, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. And if you feel like being generous, give us a dollar on, um, what the fuck is it called? Patreon. Patreon. My God, (laughs) I don't even remember. We lost all our Patreon followers uh, while we were gone. (laughs) Maybe a few of them. My sister is so long. Or something. Yep. But uh, the people who stuck around, we really appreciate it. We are continuing to exist, and we will continue to operate. And we will see you next week. Thanks, guys. Peace. And that is what we've been up to over the past couple of months. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. Please like and share this. And be sure to check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash desmadre, and or our desmadre store, desmadre.com slash store. Uh, Remember to like and share this episode. That always goes a long way. We really appreciate it. And leave a review on wherever it is you listen to podcasts. We will talk to you all very soon. Thanks a lot.